If you brought your Bibles, Luke chapter 22 is where we're headed in just a moment. As Pastor Mike and I chatted as we ended the PATH series, we knew baptism was coming up. And he told me, I would like for you to take a, 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 a Sunday before baptism and work a communion message. And of course, I agreed as... I prayed and thought and kind of reflected on communion experiences I've had with communion in the past. Uh, memories came to mind. Memories came, at, at not just memories in, of, of mine, but the idea of memories really grew strong to me. Memories are kind of a funny thing. I remember lots of things growing up that somebody would tell me, you're going to remember this moment. Something, some event, something had happened, and somebody said, you're going to remember this. There are great times that I remember. There's some pretty tough times that I remember, too. I want to ask you guys a question about memories. How far back can you remember things? One of my earliest memories, I couldn't have been more than three or four years old, was building a snowman at the house that I, I was I, I, my parents owned when I was born. And then I couldn't have been more. I know what age I was when the snowman happened because I remember they bought another house and we moved right before I went to kindergarten and the snowman happened prior to kindergarten. I remember my first time driving at seven or eight years old in a parking lot when dad got out of the truck and said, scoot over. I remember football practices, specific days. I couldn't tell you the date, but I remember specific things that happened at, at different sporting events. I remember the smell of basic training. <laughs> I remember my home phone number from my childhood. I remember seeing Jill for the first time on our wedding day. I remember... Sneaking home, I call it sneaking home, from a deployment to surprise her and the boys that they didn't know I was going to be home. I remember the day I committed to following Jesus Christ. I remember the day I was baptized. For as many things as I do remember, there's plenty that I've forgotten too. Sometimes I deliberately expose myself to situations, to things, to cause myself to remember something that I know I've forgotten or something that I, I struggle to remember some details of. Several years ago, I was in Macon visiting family, and for some reason I was up by myself for this trip. And being up by myself, I wasn't as, as pressed to get home at a certain time. I didn't have young children or teenagers with me that time. So I could kind of pick and choose the way I, I did my route home. And I ended up coming through Dublin instead of coming down I-16 back this direction. But by way of Dublin, it allowed me to go through a little town called Gordon, Georgia. In Gordon, there is a kaolin company, a big plant called Engelhard that my dad worked at, it used to be called Engelhard, that my dad worked at. And I remembered, I deliberately drove down this road to remember times with my father who's, who had long since passed, but to drive down that road, and I'm driving my truck, 
And all of a sudden, I find myself not in my truck, but in his truck, and I'm on the passenger side. And I'm remembering conversations about the Braves headed to a World Series, about all kinds of things he talked to me about in my life and, and talked to me about, taught me about, all, all kinds of different situations. And memories are important. That's what I remembered in that moment. There are times in our faith walks that we remember important events, remember important moments. Sometimes we recall them due to a setting or a circumstance. Sometimes it's due to reflecting on a given topic. And sometimes it's because we need to remember something. Today is about remembering. Communion, the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, there are many names for what we're going to do today. There are several beliefs about the nature of what we're going to do today. But what we know for sure about today is that Christ instituted it as a way for us to remember Him. Paul, even later in Corinthians, emphasized remembering Christ in this event. It's one of two ordinances we share in the church. Along with baptism, Pastor Mike's going to deal with that next week, but along with baptism, we refer to communion as an ordinance because we believe that Christ ordained these events to be practiced in the church. Baptism is an ordinance of commitment. It's a one-time event. That it's a, it's a ceremony, a rite that, that symbolizes and seals our commitment to Christ and to the church. The Lord's Supper, or communion, the Eucharist, is an ordinance of renewal. It's a, 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 a rite, a, a, a ceremony that we, we celebrate repeatedly. If we were to come up with an analogy to explain these things, and you think about a wedding... Baptism is like a wedding where you publicly declare your commitment to Christ in the church. The Lord's Supper, Communion, Eucharist, I may use those names interchangeably this morning, is like an anniversary ceremony that has vow renewals where you return to, to that commitment and you re-acknowledge, you, you share with your faith community, the importance of the commitment that you've made. These ordinances are, are presentations. They're presentations that were appointed by Jesus that we administer as a, as a church to, show, to be used as a sign about what we believe. Again, Luke chapter 22 is where I'm going to start. I'm starting at verse 14. This is a familiar passage for, for many of us. When the hour came, that hour uh, for, for Jesus and his, his disciples was, was an important hour. Luke wrote it for a reason. The hour was a time to celebrate Passover. That's, it was the moment that they came together for the Passover meal. 
Um, but it also signified the, the beginning of the passion. There's no, uh, there's no real uh, pointing to that as we, as we move through this passage. But the hour had come indicates that there's an important time ahead. Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. Reclining is, is, a, is a very specific position. A lot of times when we think about the Lord's Supper, this picture is the image that we have in our head where Jesus is seated at a table in the center of it and his, his closest followers are around the table with him. But that's not what Scripture tells us the, the scene was. They were reclining. And this reclining is important. Pastor Mike has said this already this morning that we celebrate in this, this ceremony that we're about to take part in. The, the video we played talked about celebrating. A reclining position was one uh, where this culture, they would have, somebody would have been laying on their side, their head toward a table, they would have had a, a pillow under their arms to, to make it kind of a comfortable way to, to lay. And it was a common position to lay in during a, a celebration, during a happy meal, during a, a, a positive time. So we start this whole setting, the whole scenario of Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper at a happy time. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. The Passover, that's why it was a happy time. <clears throat> if you look backwards across the Jewish people's history, they were slaves in Egypt. And as the plagues came, the Passover was the last thing that happened before they became free. It was, it was not a solemn time for them. When it, the original Passover, it was probably very hectic. People trying to get things accomplished, taking the, the things that needed to be done, getting them all in place so that night would unfold like it needed to. And every year, every time they remembered it, this isn't a funeral. This is a celebration of freedom. That's the setting. That's why they're reclined. They're ready to have a good time remembering the work God had done in their lives. Remembering where Christ had, where God had brought them from slavery to freedom to establishing them as a nation to their flourishment. Then he continues, For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. This is a little bit of a, of a, a point to the future about the passion, about his return. There's some of both in that, but we see that Jesus is alluding to hope. He's alluding to a bigger future than, than the people who originally heard that would have even really understood. After taking the cup, he gives thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. This is an, another big moment in this passage because it, it, it shows the fellowship, the togetherness, the community that happens within the faith community. The, there were four cups generally sep, 
shared amongst Christ's followers, God's followers, during a Passover meal. We don't know exactly which cup this was. Regardless of which cup it was, though, it was shared among everybody present. They were having a meal together. They were having a good time together. And this cup was ceremonial that it, it showed we're together. We love one another. We're, we're friends. We're happy together. And he continued making an, another look to the future after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take, excuse me, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is where the ceremonial part of Passover changed, where they had been looking to the past. They saw their immediate now, the present of them together, sharing time with one another. And Jesus instituted something new here. He changed the meal that they were accustomed to having and pointed to remembering him. This remembrance, this is a big part of what today is about. It's a command given in this, in this passage, remember me. It's more than simply just recalling something. When I drove out of Macon and into Gordon, I wasn't just recalling and thinking about some time years ago riding in a truck with my father, I was reflecting on comments that he made, things he taught me, time we spent together, and how those things shaped my life, how those things have shaped how I raised my own sons, how my dad interacting with my mother taught me how to interact with my wife. Those, the, the memories became real. That's the kind of remembering that we're supposed to be doing today. And in this, Jesus was offering himself to his closest followers and to us in a way that would become very real for them the next day on the cross. Unconditionally. When he said, remember me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. The new covenant marks the shift from the past to the future. It's the, the new exodus. Instead of an exodus from slavery in Egypt, it's the exodus of slavery from sin with a sacrifice that no longer needs to be repeated over and over again. It needs to be remembered instead because that sacrifice is a once and for all. There's two commands. I alluded to this a few moments ago. There's two commands in this passage of Scripture that, that Jesus gives us. The first is to take and divide. That's Passover related. It was customary to the setting and time that they were in. 
And then Jesus tells us to do this in remembrance of me. Remembering, the remembering we're supposed to do is focused on Christ, focused on his life, his death, the conquering of death and sin. And it's interesting to me, at least, when Jesus wanted to to teach his followers about that focus, he didn't give them a lecture. He didn't give them a textbook. He didn't even give them a piece of paper to take home with them. He gave them a meal. He gave them a time of togetherness. He gave them a moment in time, an event to look back on, to reflect on, to cause remembering. Meals were not then and are not now shared meals together, gloomy times. They're generally times of of celebration. If we gather as a big family, sure, Thanksgiving's coming up. There, There may be some bickering at family tables, but it's supposed to be a happy, cheerful, joyful time. There's supposed to be laughter. If you've ever gone to one of those big family meals where there's too many people to sit at one table, so you put the adults all in one room and you put the the card tables out with the kids in another room and how giggly the card table room is, that's a celebration. And that's what we're supposed to do today is we're supposed to be the children of God giggly and happy because of what he's done in our lives. So we reflect on the, his sacrifice, his life. We see his broken body through bread. His broken physical life that allows us to have spiritual life. We see through the cup, his spilled blood his suffering that allows us to live with joyful hope. So what do we remember? Of course we remember Christ. Of course. But I want to to invite you to think about three things today. First, I want you to think about the past. The Passover was the setting for the Jewish people. Again, they they were focused at this event They were looking at the past and their past with with God, their relationship with God, where he had brought them. Today, we look at our past and the event that's our Passover, Christ's passion, that allows us to have freedom. But I want you to make it personal as well. There's a point in each of our lives I hope there's a point in each of our lives where we decide to intentionally, authentically follow Jesus Christ. That's your Passover moment. That's when Jesus, his actions became real for you. Think about that moment. We reflect backwards And in that, we renew our commitment to continue following Jesus. We think about the present. In the present moment, as we read through that narrative, they they take this cup and, and divide it amongst you. There was unity with one another. So we think about unity now in the church. 
That's unity through the Holy Spirit, which is Christ's presence now. So we think about the church, we think about the Spirit, and how we're bonded together because of those things. Paul corrected the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians. We read that, So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. They had a problem with this where they were separating classes of people. And he corrected them and said, don't do that. We're together because of the Spirit, because of Christ. So what we do, we do together today and always because we are still the church. Until Christ returns, and we'll be the church then too, but we'll be reunited with him. So we remember the Spirit that, that unites us, that's individually within us. It's Christ's presence now. Today in the present, if you have never made that commitment to authentically follow Christ, we encourage you to do that. Pastor Mike and I would love to have that conversation with you. If you want to have that conversation, the communication card that's at the bottom of your program, drop one in the offering boxes on your way out. We'll talk to you. Grab one of us after the service. We'll talk to you about it. We'd love to talk to you about that. The other, the third thing that we reflect on is the future. While we can't remember the future, we can remember promises that were made about the future. Christ's return, the wedding supper that we read about in Revelation Jesus twice said in this passage that he wouldn't partake in this kind of fellowship again until the kingdom of God was, was established. He said there was a new covenant that was coming. Those are promises. We're living in the promise of the new covenant. Now, that, that return has yet to come, but it's promised. And every promise God's made in this book is has been worth putting your money on. This one is too. It's why we regularly do this. It's why we remember this. Because these are the appetizers of a, of a feast that's to come when Christ returns and restores us and all of creation. We can put our hope in that. So again, these are the appetizers that... lead us to the wedding banquet when Jesus returns. As we celebrate today, we look to our pasts. We look to our relationship with Christ. We look to how real he's been in our lives. Whatever you want. He unites us together and leads us day to day. We reflect on that. And finally, we reflect on what's coming in the future. Pastor Mike and I are going to serve you guys. The band's going to play. We're going to sing. We want you to come be served, but what we want is we want to start in the back and y'all come down the aisles, work your way, work your way out so it's, there's not a, a lot of uh, congestion and traffic jams here. But we invite you to reflect and remember those things that on that original day that Christ initiated what we're celebrating now. He took the bread, he broke it and said, this is my body. Likewise, he took 
the cup and held it up and said, this is my blood poured out for you. And he ended it with do these things in remembrance of me. Father, as we remember this morning, Lord, I pray that your work is real in our lives. Lord, I pray that we realize your work is real in our lives. That we embrace that. And we live different because of it. That we become lights. That we become people who look like you more and more every day. Father, thank you for who you are. In this moment, we remember you. Amen. Table's open, y'all. Come.
Remember, you can celebrate him today and tomorrow because he's still alive.